heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. We've been discussing for quite some time now this indoctrination. We talk about it all the time uh, within the school system, the education system, colleges, other groups that are indoctrinated into a specific way of thinking. And it it has become part of uh, the equation when we talk about some of these uh, big issues that come up and the decline we see of morality in our country and in the world as a whole. And you're starting to see that, you've been seeing it a lot in the past couple of weeks since the Middle East War, the college campuses uh, at uh, at odds with the professors and, some, and more so the university uh, leadership. And that's been interesting because I, I started thinking about that a bit. And, you know, a lot of this indoctrination and the way kids think and how they think, we would normally say comes from the leadership. But what happens when the leadership is at odds with the, with the students in that thinking? And then have we, is that a bridge too far, I ask? And, and we're seeing that. We're seeing that now with multiple universities where the leadership is having to step up and say, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, that, you're going too far here. That, that crosses the line and that's not acceptable behavior. We've seen that with Harvard. We've seen it with others that are coming back on that. And and I started thinking about that a little more and thinking, well, you're getting a little bit of your own medicine there, aren't you, kids? You know, I mean, really, though, the fact that they're not all aligned. A lot of this, uh, this indoctrination that has gone on for some time now, you know, you, you start wondering where the line is on these kinds of conversations when there are students and people that are supporting terrorism. And these are real people, real kids in the school system support it. And they, and they look fairly normal, but their thinking is not rational at all. And it's, it's not normal, but they are absolutely supporting uh, terrorism. So then here's some questions we need to ask ourselves, friends. Hamas uh, is a, a terrorist organization, no matter how you dress that up. That's who they are. It's what they are. Uh, versus the Palestinian people. Now, many of the Hamas in this group are Palestinians. It's their fathers, their sons. They're indoctrinated into this. They beat it into the kids. I mean, they're having the, you know, the same problem there. We talk about the indoctrination of a lot of the uh, young people in the Middle East Hell, we're having the same problem here in the United States with that sort of thinking, you know. But but Hamas being a terrorist group versus the Palestinian people, I wonder, and I think about this, are they able to distinguish between the two? Because those lines get blurry a little bit. They they get crossed up. And I don't think a lot of people really understand that they're not separating one from the other, potentially. And there's a lot of mixed media on that as well. So people, I think, get confused. And they see the Palestinian people. They see uh, children, families, that sort of thing. 
And of course, don't forget, Hamas puts all that propaganda out there, naturally. I mean, that's, and they use these uh, human targets. Uh, they use the people uh, as shields, human shields is what they do. But they put that propaganda out there all the time and they send, you know, these uh, symbols out. And a lot of these kids, they uh, they believe it. They believe it. I, I heard some students saying that they didn't believe the reports. They actually said some of the photographs and some of the videos are artificial intelligence. They're AI and they're they're not really accurate that this is another misinformation or dis and or disinformation campaign. So they're not buying the reports. They think it's propaganda. And uh, you know, how do you how do you make that stuff up? You know, and there are people who do think that there's even other people I know that do that with these sort of calamities. There are people today that think 9-11 never happened. They think we never went to the moon. People still think the earth is flat, for God's sakes. I mean, come on. You know, they think all kinds of things. Right. Uh, but why are students in our campuses perceiving Hamas, the terrorist group, as the underdog? And that's really what they're doing. Now, this uh, Harvard University, as I use this as an example, and they, uh, they're coming out and denouncing this uh, pro-Palestinian statement from students that blame Israel for violence. So they're blaming Israel for the violence. Uh, and... Uh, and there's like a coalition of 34. There was a coalition of 34, these student groups, if you will, that are calling out Israel and uh, for all of the violence and for the fact that what happened in Gaza with the terrorism, the terrorists came over and uh, did great harm in southern Israel, of course. Well, Harvard president Claudine Gay and really the senior leadership there all the deans and leadership come out and say they were heartbroken by the death and destruction. Let me read you the statement. It's, it's quite something. She says this, people have asked me where we stand. So let me be clear. Our university rejects terrorism. That includes the barbaric atrocities perpetrated by Hamas. Our university rejects hate, hate of Jews, hate of Muslims, hate of any group of people based on their faith, their national origin, or any aspect of their identity. Our university rejects the harassment or intimidation of individuals based on their beliefs. And that's the President Claudine Gay there at Harvard and uh, the support of the leadership. She had some very passionate words that came out. There are people that are so they were so disturbed by this they started to uh, resign from the boards and that no wanted to no longer wanted to support higher learning in the way that this is and there's been a lot of uproar from this all over the country and it's not died down it's only fired up and then you see them going out and talk to a lot of the kids on the campuses and they really believe what they believe I mean you can see it in their posture and in their thinking and how they think and so on and so forth. So it really, you know, it's it's one thing to say, you know, that, you know, they, they have a certain belief system within the LGBTQIA community or being woke 
uh, and all of that. That's another thing to say that they're literally supporting jihadists, but yet they are. So then I think the only thing I think of is are, I mean, these are supposed to be college students. Uh, do they, what's their intellectual value? Do they study this stuff? Do they understand what, what jihads are? Do they understand what this movement is? You know, what are they teaching then in schools? And then, and, and I, I, I got thinking about this, uh, these, uh, the leadership in the colleges and thinking, you know, isn't it something now? I haven't heard this said, but I think they're kind of getting a dose of their own medicine. I mean, they've, sh they've talked a lot of this hate on the colleges and they sheltered the kids and they've, they're not really being truthful. I mean, they pushed a lot of disinformation and misinformation on college campuses. And so in many ways, I think they're getting a dose of their own medicine, even at an extreme level of conversation that we're having about terrorism. I mean, my fellow Americans, when you understand what this group of barbaric, I don't know what you want to call them. They certainly can't call them human. I mean, they're Satanists. They're, they're demonic. They're product of hell, of hell. And it's the indoctrination of the brainwash, and they beat this into these young people, and they've been doing it for generations out there in the Middle East. It's all they know is hate for the infidels. It's all they do. And there's a whole culture of this, and we're talking, we're, we're, in, the, we're in the millions and millions and millions and millions of people, tons of millions around the world who think this way. And it really is the battle of a lifetime. And what do we do about it? And this is what the Middle East, what this product is all about, right? It's not about land. It's not about religion. It's not about faith. It's not about geography. It's not about any of that. It's the fact that they live to die. And they want to kill anybody who doesn't have that belief system. <laughs> That's what you call a pretty brand of extreme uh, extreme viewpoints, extreme politics or extreme religion, huh? Whatever you want to call it. Um, in any event, uh, that's the topic today, friends. Welcome into the voice of a nation here. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud. And uh, let me uh, give you a little background. I've got two uh, special guests coming on today with us throughout the broadcast. And uh, we'll have some great conversation. Uh, really excited to have both here. Dr. Pedro Blas Gonzalez is here. He's a professor of philosophy at Barrow University, Miami Shores, Florida. Uh, just a terrific voice and writer, author, terrific author. He's got a previous book, Philosophical Perspective on Cinema, is uh, in the bookstores and in the America Out Loud bookstore for sure. Uh, Patricia Antone is here, and you heard her on the weekend. She's an author, activist, a constitutional conservative that analyzes uh, a lot of the societal, cultural, and political developments against the backdrop of our Constitution. And uh, so jumping into this uh, with the start of this conversation, uh, Professor, you you yourself, you deal with students on a day-to-day -day basis. You understand, uh, you and I have talked previously about a lot of this indoctrination that, that clearly has become, uh, it's just part of the deal now. I mean, we, we, we've come to expect it. Uh, and... Uh, I think a lot of eyes were open throughout the COVID years that people got 
a real sense of what they were doing on the, on the campuses. Um, when you start to see this cry out of supporting terrorism, terrorist groups, I mean, and, and they're passionate about it and they're out there in the full glory of the conversation. I mean, what do you take out of that? Is that a bridge too far for you? And what about the separation between the kids and the leadership, which I find quite ironic, actually, because you don't see that a lot today either. What do you say to that? Well, Malcolm, thank you for having me. I uh, think that the big universities like Stanford, Harvard, UCLA this week, they, they've asked for it. They, 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 they're okay with terrorism in Latin America. They've been okay with terrorism in, with, you know, the Chinese bringing terrorism this way. They were okay with the Soviets, but they're not okay with this. So they asked for this. And this also has happened inside Israel. It's one of the reasons that apparently the timing seems to be perfect for the, uh, let's call them the terrorists. So these these university students are nothing, you know, they're, they're not as naive as, as we make them seem. These, these are people that are aligned with this ideology. They're really burned out with this ideology. And remember, they're, they're, they're postmodern, in, and postmodern means in many ways, the fact that there are no narratives. And so from there, you open up the Pandora's box of colonialism and all these tropes and all these cliches. So, you know, this is a very visual cliche that the the, the Palestinians are explored, uh, exploited and that they're exploited by the West, the United States, Israel. And so they're, they're basically, somebody is hitting the button and they're going out to so-called protest. And, and remember the ends justify the means. So we cannot undermine what these so-called students want, and which is uh, eventually an attack on all Western society, including America. So this is this is not a naive situation. It's definitely not grassroots. Put it that way. These these are these are corporate types. Let's just call them that. And the corporation is leftism, and and the workplace is the American universities. Yeah, the the leftism we're talking about here. Do, uh, do, do they understand the fight of uh, jihad? So, I mean, do they understand they're coming for them as well, or are they that naive? No, no, no. They, they, the the jihads are. You know, to put it bluntly, the the students are. If you give them an opportunity, they are your jihadists of the future, no doubt about it. They are your torturers and the people that are going to keep the gulags moving. Oh, no doubt about that. Okay, so so, so these, they've been they've been indoctrinated that far along that they could become those people. You're saying absolutely because this is not about Israel. It's not about Palestine. Exactly. It's about it's about the Marxist understanding of wiping out all of Western culture, and this happens to be the local game on, in town right now. Before it's been you know other things, but right now this is what's going down with that. So don't don't undermine these people. These people could cut throats out there. No doubt yeah. about it. Wow. I mean, yeah, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm really, truly shocked that you're even saying that. Uh, it, it, it stuns me, actually, that that it's that those could become that. And, and let me ask you, you, you brought up a terrific point about they didn't really speak loud enough when all these other things were happening. The couple of groups you didn't say, but it came to my mind immediately when all these protests started happening in America's cities from Black Lives Matter and uh, the Antifa, the fascists, and you've got, um, uh, you know, all, I mean, th this was so grotesque in all of our cities and it's still happening. I mean, they, in fact, the, they are, their official statements out there right now are in support of Hamas, the terrorist group, uh, clearly, because that's who they are. These are terrorist bastards is what they are. 
Um, you know, you, you, this is important. The leadership in the colleges didn't speak up when that happened. They never said anything. That, in fact, they supported this sort of Antifa BLM, this uh, which is terrorism. It's ter- terrorism here in the homeland. All that was happening, Professor, and that was perfectly legit. What is it that crosses the line this time? Is it the barbaric nature of it? Is it what's the wake up call? And I, I don't really know, but the, the bucket of cold water on the college leadership that they would speak out against the shooting groups. What do you think it is? Well, what it is, is the board of directors of these places have a lot of people that have a lot of interest in Israel. And they now are getting stumped on and they're getting stumped on their toes. And they have to come out in public and say, well, I'm not sure that we agree with this one. Um, outside of that, <laughs> they, they were very fine with all the other exploitation everywhere else. So there, there's an, another subtext going on there that, um, you know, I saw a, a, a guy from liberal, um, a liberal guy from Israel on TV the other day, and he was one of these dudes that is, he says, oh, it's not about the left. I'm on the left. We're okay with other things, but not with this. But I'm thinking, well, you you allow this water to come in and now it's rushing in. So you're going to have to do a little soul searching here and in the future, maybe not be so leftist. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, yeah, it is, it is a bit stunning. Uh, that um, that they take this position. But I think what we're expressing here, Professor, is that I, I guess I'm learning something new myself, that this indoctrination of the of this student body, uh, I guess you're saying it's that profound and that deep and that severe, which I never, I mean, I know what it is, but I never took it to the level of that. I thought it was more like a game for these people than like whatever. I, you know, going through their fad as uh, college kids or whatever. But you're saying it's that severe, that deep, that indoctrination that they would absolutely be in the the next slice in business or whatever the hell it is that these jihadists want to do to innocent people, right? Malcolm, all the facts show that the average college university student today in two. 2023. There's a bit of hope there. They're actually coming to the center and they're becoming conservatives in terms of marriage and love and bringing up kids and anti-abortion and et cetera. This other group is not. This this is a this is a faction that is working within the universities to do the harm that they're doing. You're saying there's a a a, a, a wonderful glimmer of hope. You're telling me something good there. I did not get that either. I didn't get that memo, by the way, Professor, but you're telling me there's some hope that like like real values might be coming back in style like like even marriage and stuff like that i mean like is that real yes absolutely absolutely and it's because a whole bunch of these young kids with all the problems going on with the mental illness and the emotional stresses and things they're realizing that we are hitting a dead end a cultural postmodern dead end even umberto eco the, the philosopher writer who died recently wrote the last piece before he died, and he says, this cannot be sustained, this post-modernity. It has to collapse, and we're, we can only build it up by being center to right. To Put, put it this way, in some ways, conservative values. But th- those, that's the hope, yes. Yeah, I was wondering how low we would sink before we would try to come back up again, if that was even possible, uh, when they started doing some of the egregious things they've been doing over the last 10 years. And I, I really did. I wondered, how how low will we go? before there's sort of a rebirth of some sort, if there would be. And you're kind of reporting today, there's some good news here that potentially that you're seeing movement and things that give you some hope 
And, you know, I got to tell you something else, Professor, that's shocking to me that I think like last year, I don't remember you having that hope. Something's happened in the past months and year that has given you that glimmer of hope that I didn't detect before. In fact, you were pretty doom and gloom a couple of times we talked about this. And but you, you kind of got a little jump on your step on this. Am I reading that right? Well, you you might be reading it right, maybe not, because I'll tell you why. The 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 we're we're comparing we're comparing the the hope that I'm talking about. I may not see in my life. You you have be be, right. be correct right. about that. It's a slow movement because there's some serious damage being done to the human psyche inside all the institutions. But there is the hope. I may not see it in my lifetime. But remember, you're comparing that particular segment that I'm talking about with these other animals that are basically the gulag types of, of, of founders in the future. And that, that's a big split between the kids that I'm talking about and these other, let's call them, you know, provocateur agents that, that, that are also in the universities. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, let me tell listeners too, the, um, we've had some great talks, uh, uh, Professor and I have, on uh, uh, the decline of Western society and um, uh, some of the eventual outcomes, which were never all that promising, uh, of where the roads were leading. And, you know, it doesn't give you a lot of hope, frankly, uh, for uh, future generations when you see the kinds of things that are happening. But uh, but I am lifted up a little bit with the fact that you say we might have hit the bottom almost where there's a good portion of these people now that are uh, kind of getting it and maybe opening up their eyes to how bad this is. It reminds me of that old saying, they came from my friend they came from my aunt they came from my brother they came from my whatever and then i was okay with all of that until they came for me right professor right that's the way that goes <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely this is also the same myth of the the 60s where the the 68 with the new left and so on if you if you look at um interviews and if you look at archive film and, and and with students and stuff most of these students would go to universities they would go home they live with their parents they go to work in the afternoon and they wouldn't they were not the leftists so they were not. The leftists were the, the underground and the, the weather underground and all these other people, Bill Ayers and all these people. And, and these are the people that, that got in the power, the, the, the power structure. And, and so in many ways, the universities that are asking for it now have set up these people to put them around the world in positions of power, except now they're finding out that the position of power in the case of Israel, it's not something that they desire. And this is where the university presidents have been all a bunch of cowards in the past. Yeah, they have. No, and I, I love the fact we've identified that. I, I, I mean, I'm already enlightened by this uh, conversation and the fact that we've identified the leadership, the cowards, as you say, as you call them, in the schools, in the um, higher learning, and throughout the education system. Actually, uh, that uh, you know that that are saying what they uh, are saying. Uh, Patricia Antone, um, this uh, thinking of the. Uh, the, the leadership and the schools and all of that. And, uh, the you know, I, I listen, I sarcastic or not, I found it quite appealing for me anyways, that they would be maybe having some problems with this and crying in their soup because it's a product of what they have delivered onto us, uh, the, the education system. And, I, and I've often wondered how far is too far. Uh, shocking with any of that? With the, the educational leadership coming back, saying the students across, it's a bridge too far. And I, um, I am kind of shocked on that. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked on that. But what I think a lot of people don't understand what the factional politics, what the identity politics 
has in common with what we're seeing right now today. Because when when the politics all goes toward let's let's generate, let's cultivate factional grievance. And in so doing, then, of course, that becomes a political power generator, right? So we have become in this country really addicted to the power generation of factional grievance. Well, what does that do to undermine the the general morality? It, It basically replaces the individual person with the identity group. And once you've done that, once you have taken the individual flesh and blood human being and our accountability to the treatment of the individual flesh and blood human being out of the mix, once you've done that, all bets are off. So I I, I totally agree with the professor here that, um, that, yeah, these people who have been completely inculcated with that, that uh, mentality that the individual no longer matters and, and that, only the the uh, forcible manipulation of statistical parity among factions and um and so the powers that be decide who ought to be supported and favored and who ought to be disfavored based on factions once you do that there there is no morality it's not like individualism yeah. and collectivism are moral equals they're not because collectivism has absolutely no accountability to any kind of moral regard for humans you you say yeah they've taken out the human element of all of this but they do that so well across the board in the case of this terrorist group patricia uh, hamas and the palestinian people I, I wonder when I hear some of these people talk in their protests and in their uh, outrage and their conversation, do you think that they understand, do you think they're distinguishing between the two groups or because the media reports on this, or are they, are they really truly, could they be possibly utterly confused? I think there's a lot of confusion. I think a lot of people are virtue signaling. What they're trying to do is go along with what seems to be the influential and intellectual and so forth like that. You know, I think that's what they're doing. And I and I'm not really convinced that there's some some any kind of deep thinking going on about any of this. um, Because if if you think about it at less at at more than a surface level, you you recognize that um, you recognize the the inherent evil involved in in this factional hatred well one of the things as well that uh they're calling there's the term that's being used a lot with these protests and and rants is jew hatred they're questioning why the jew hatred and and i see a lot of media people um phrasing this as a jew hatred campaign I and I'm wondering now looking deeper at this i don't quite i'm not sure that i see it the same way uh, vers- Jew hatred versus jihadists doing harm. Uh, the, you know, to anybody who goes to the infidels, they go against Islam. I mean, mm-hmm. we're really talking more about that than we are. In other words, if, if it wasn't the Jew hatred, it would be something else. It would be, you know, it could be Puerto Ricans we don't like, or it could be uh, we don't like, uh, what you know, English people or whatever the hell it is. You think, you think the Jew hatred is that? Because I'm not sure I'm convinced with that, is it? I, I think it's unique in history in in the pervasiveness of of the and and I'll tell you why I think this is the case and and why it it extends to America as well is that the whole judeo-christian ethic mm-hmm. of respect for each individual as having equal standing in his life and rights 
that whole thing is a Judeo-Christian view of, of morality and, and worldview, really. And, and that is hated by everyone who yeah. seeks to use this whole um, collectivist grievance thing it's a good as point. a way to gain power. Yeah, it's a good point, because just like Christians have been targeted right along, uh, and now you've got the, again, the Jew are being uh, targeted. But uh, I, I'm not a professor. I, I want to get your thoughts on this here. But, you know, when they started talking about the Jew hatred, and that became the catchphrase that they're using, uh, I think, you know, I, I, I'm i guessing this is me, and I, I could be wrong on this, but I'm thinking the Jew hatred is just a convenient uh, paradigm at the moment. I think it's just convenient to throw in because there's a lot of references to Nazi Germany right now and all of that. But I, I'm going beyond all that now. And when you understand the fight of jihad and what they're really up to, I, I, I don't, I mean, they're looking to really, if you don't believe in what they believe, you're an enemy of their belief system. And we know what their book says. So I think it's more than that. Can you argue that point back with me? Well, I think uh, uh, two points here: the 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 political point, the the policy point, and the other one is the sociological, which is, I think, what we're getting at here in this talk. One of them is that there is a question we need to ask: Why does this attack now, and why so violent and so blatant? Did do these people not realize that they're going to get hell coming back at them? Of course they do. So the Hamas people that are being controlled by the, the, the Iranians and the Chinese, without a doubt, are saying we want to test the resolve of the broken West, the postmodern West, the dysfunctional West, the, the West that is immoral in many ways, the irreligious West. And they're getting their answer, which is your American universities are saying we, we can do what the hell we want. The Biden administration saying, uh, listen, we're not really going to do anything about this. So they're getting their answer at a political level and at a sociological level. This is being tested in a way that the vaccines, et cetera, also did get, get the, the effect out. Okay. That, that was kind of like a testing ground. This is a testing ground for worse to come. No doubt about it. Iran and China are testing this out. There is an understanding out there that China needs four wars, for example, recently or soon. One has already started with Ukraine. This one, they need a terror war. I'll explain why a terror war in a minute. And then they need a third. And then the last one will be invasion of Taiwan. When that happens, Taiwan is alone. Nobody's going to pay attention because we're all broken. But why the terror war? The number the number two, the one that we were about to begin. Because this terror war is going to go Western Europe, Canada, U.S., everywhere. And that's the one that completely shatters the broken societies that we already have in pieces with fear. That's the reason that Hamas is saying you guys are guinea pigs and you're willing to die for this because you're going to get you're going to get hit. And so they're going to get hit, but there's worse to come and we have to prepare for that. And if Israel fails, you better believe that we're all going to be getting it here really badly. 9-11s of all kinds. Yeah. Well, we've been reporting on those 9-11s of all kinds. Uh, it has been a, a major talking point on the network here for sure. And interesting, what you say there really gets my antennas up about the four wars and China. So you create enough distractions and confusion and you can do just about anything, basically. They can walk right in and take whatever. I mean, what the hell are we going to do? And right now we've got our battleships pretty well tied to the Middle East right now, um, as well as uh, all of the attention and the drama is all there. 
And, you know, and, and what you just stated, too, was a real big talking point this past week uh, for me as well, suggesting, Professor, that, well, I mean, Hamas basically was a suicide mission. They knew what Israel was going to do back. And but yet, you know, but again, these people live to die and they're OK with the consequences of that. And they're OK with, uh, you know, putting any life uh, out there. You know, they don't they have no issue with it, with the Palestinians. They do that all the time. They do it before breakfast. They They kill them. Uh, so, again, human life is uh, totally uh, expendable. You know, they, they have no value to it, including their own. And that's all part of their marching orders. That makes this enemy uh, so difficult, as we've been covering on the network here. And uh, as Professor says, they're a war of terror. And then you play to our open borders and what we've got there. And that now you see and now uh, think, think about this, people, what we're doing here. Connect the dots a minute. All the Chinese nationals coming over. All the European various countries are coming over. We now have all of the Middle East countries that are coming over from all those countries, Lebanon and Iran and Iraq, and they're all here now. They're being documented. And we don't even know how many come in, as we've talked with experts here on the platform. We don't know how many thousands. It's got to be thousands, tens of, who knows how many. Are coming up because we have thousands of miles of open border that are now advertised all over the world and they're being advertised on distant planets. Even the aliens are coming in for God's sakes, the real aliens. <laughs> uh, but they are all over the place, and and that is part and parcel of the problem. So, you know, it's it's odd this war of terror when uh, I, I remember when uh, Ukraine and Russia were going at it, and I and the, everybody was edging their bets on what was happening there. And then China as well. And everybody in all the media stooges and everybody else started talking about China and Russia and China and Russia and China and Russia, you know. But nobody was talking about terror. And you just heard Professor Pedro Blas Gonzalez say what he said and terror. Nobody was talking about the jihadists. I, I was thinking to myself, my God, they have a free pass right now. I mean, like, do you notice how quiet it's been the last few years, right? And like all the lessons we learned from the 9-11 commission report are all gone. Everything we learned from that 9-11, because we have short memories, this country, for sure. But all that, all that's gone. It's like, what happened again? Well, that's what worries me here about Israel and this terror, is how long will it take before they forget the, the savages and the barbaric uh, actions that happened uh, at that music festival and in all those homes in southern Israel. How long will it take? Why do we have such short memories? You know, I know we get on with life and our problems, but, you know, when you when you talk about these kinds of things, these are life-changing or maybe even life-ending for a lot of people, for sure, and many more. Anyways, that's my, my uh, sense of it anyways here. Uh, we are speaking with uh, Professor Pedro Blas Gonzalez and uh, Patricia Antone this afternoon, talking about this decline, this moral decline of what started with the college campuses, the uh, uh, the uh, uh, opinion shift of leadership uh, being outraged with the student groups. In other words, the people they have cultivated of hate and they never stood up to speak truth. Uh, now they don't like what they're saying, that they're defending the barbarians at the gate, huh. it's pretty shocking that it took all of that for them to now hit back at the leadership group. And I hope that becomes a war throughout the college campuses, that the leadership group is totally becomes more and more outraged. And there's that separation. I just hope that continues onward, friends. 
Well, let me remind you, it's all back at AmericaOutloud.news, and we are covering the uh, events, uh, uh, all the events happen in the Middle East, but uh, really all the news that's happening there. You'll catch us back there on the platform. And uh, I want to remind you as well to visit AmericaOutloud.shop is our newest entity that has been extremely popular. Uh, as you'll hear, a lot of the medical doctors, the naturopathic doctors, uh, the nurses, and all of the fantastic uh, expertise on the platform uh, and all the products that we've negotiated for our listeners and our readers and our uh, the American Out Loud family is a better way to size that up. Uh, you, you're entitled to all of those discounts and stuff there. And we have some great stuff to help you through long COVID, to help you through vaccine injuries, or just to live a better, healthier life, which many of us are really trying to do. And those products back there will, will help you accomplish all of that. So please take a look. Always do your own research. Never take the word of anybody on any broadcast telling you anything. Always do your own. Re- and there's research studies on all those sites, by the way. There's a lot of information. But always read up and get comfortable yourself with what you're doing. Never never listen to you know somebody that's just pushing something or what have you. Uh, it's important we're all comfortable with what we are put into our bodies. So anyways, I want to recommend that uh, uh, site to you to be able to get the latest there. We are going to take a quick pause and we'll join you just on the other side here. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android or Alexa. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out americaoutloud.shop, look for ASEA Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement, and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to the Voice of a Nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, and we are talking about the higher learning, the protests, the rants, uh, the terrorism, and all that has happened in the college campuses and the fight back and forth and what's developing in the Middle East which is really uh, this outrage is a product of what uh, has been 
been cultivated in our education system, but it's not just higher learning, by the way. It's throughout the education system. It's in high school. It's in elementary school. It's throughout. And you know, the other thing that really rips me up is over the years we've sat and we talked about the depravity coming out of the Middle East of this indoctrination of young people, which has been pretty horrific. And I've, I've seen it. I've watched, I've studied a lot of this and how they brainwash the children, young children. I'm, I'm talking three, four, five years old. I mean, and that's really the development of a brain anyways. You want to get them before they're six. You do that when they're three, four, five, six, seven years old, and you pretty well got them for life at that point. And that's the way they do it in the Middle East. And I've, I've seen a lot of that happen. And, you know, at the same time, we're not doing a great job here of uh, of, of, of preventing that in our own country here and, and in the West. is The same thing is happening. And you started to see a lot of those signs and the cultural rot of our nation and the tearing down of just basic history and all of our historical statues and things of that nature and uh, and, and embracing everything that is uh, that it pulls, uh, uh, you know, people away from values, Christian values, Judeo values, uh, uh, good values, proper values, anything about that. It was always the opposing viewpoint. And you, you've seen all that over the years. And and uh, nobody's speaking up really loud enough on that. Uh, I, I just see a bigger picture here of all of this. Um, we're joined again here by uh, Professor Pedro Blas Gonzalez is here, Patricia Antone. And uh, there's an interesting op-ed I want to point out to you that Patricia Antone wrote. Uh, the cheering of Hamas shows the moral decline of Western societies. And there's an interesting uh, piece here. I want to ask Patricia about this. And you, you say here, the entire civilized world once joined in condemning the horrors of the Holocaust, never again. All said is the stories of horrifying cruelty and photos of uh, emaciated camp survivors emerged. But today, Jew hatred again animates rallies, defendant perpetrators of evil that rivals the worst of German Nazi atrocities. And these are chants of gas the Jews and that sort of thing. And you're hearing that on some of the campuses. But and you, you say then, Patricia, in the absence of condemnation, that hatred is growing like a deadly contagion. Why? What specifically is driving this global moral regression? And now I've already pointed out it's more than just the Jews at this point. I think it's, and I think we've we've made that point very well. But what do you think is honestly driving the question you asked here? This global moral regression. I think it's a it's a concerted effort to undermine the Judeo-Christian ethic that holds the individual as as the basically that holds accountability to the individual, to the flesh and blood individual person. And if we can replace the individual person with factions, groups, classes, economic classes, et cetera, and we can do that, then we can get people to accept collectivism. I think that is the essence of, of what the whole communist campaign is about, getting the huge impediment to communism in our country is a is an ethic is a moral foundation that says we are equals under law and we are equal in the standing of our life and rights and we have to get rid of that the, the communists have to get rid of that by any means possible in order to hope to take over so professor if we pull the person out of this uh, it's a very good uh, equation that uh, patricia puts out if, if we pull the individual out of that uh, the person you're dealing more with uh 
the whatever the the subject matter the the catastrophe the crisis whatever it is uh then people seem to be unattached uh, to the problem or the the person rather and they go along with whatever that movement is is that is that a good point yes of course i mean it it's it you have to remember that the people in power in the West today, the people in power in Western nations, in France, in England, in the United States, the Carries, the Obamas, these people are those people being indoctrinated in the 70s. And the chickens are coming home to roost. I, we don't have to say it in other words. It's, it's what they are asking for. They've been preparing since 2008 for a greater Iran with nuclear war. What do you think we want out of that? Okay, for example, Hamas has created tunnels all over the place at n over $90 million. That's $90 million you can have these people fed, etc. So th this war of attrition is a test. You know, you have you have Israel with 35 battalions coming in at over 300,000 people. They they're going to die and they're going to use resources. And you have 300 tanks. And these people are saying, sit back and let this war get out of hand. So-called, as the news will call it. It's not getting out of hand. It's on purpose. Yeah, it's on purpose, yeah. Uh, no, I, I think a lot of us see that, in fact. Uh, uh, you know, when you even picked up on that point early when we when you talked about the um, what I referenced uh, on the weekend as a suicide mission, Hamas, right, Professor? You know, it was like a, you, you, they knew what was going to happen. And but they were surely willing to, you know, uh, deal with those uh, consequences. Uh, but it's more than just that. And now we have Hezbollah in the north and we have Iran itself making a lot of threats. Uh, we've got carriers out there. This thing is escalating. You you're I think you're saying pretty well, you believe this Middle East is going to continue to escalate. You don't think there's a there's a, a callback. You, you, this isn't going to pull back down, is it? No, of course not. The moment you want to give Iran nuclear warfare you you basically are saying we're going to eliminate whoever we have to eliminate remember the hezbollah is all over the world right remember hezbollah is the is the political party they have a huge party in peru they're in mexico with the cartels they work with over 50 percent of all the cartels and drugs in the world this is an answer to how do these People create these tunnels coming under the border in the United States, who it's the same tunnels being the same people in, in Hamas. Get it? So, no, no, this is not going to end well. And we are going to see a justification for possible nuclear warfare. Without a doubt, it. you have seen some signs of that with the whole business with Ukraine and all that. I mean, you have people like Bill Gates and others saying that the best population for the world, it's right around 500 million. 500 million out of what, 2.7 billion? Is he ready to go? Because I'm not, you see? Wow. So, wow. And there, there, there are all kinds of plans to depopulate the earth. And of course, you're going to depopulate the Western world because they're the racists and the colonialists, et cetera. These people are so bought into that that it's a cult, it's a religion, and they don't see anything wrong with that. They see that as justice. Yeah, yeah. I, it's... Um... Following you, you should connect the dots there. You you almost are uh, speechless. Uh, Patricia, uh, I know you're not normally uh, speechless yourself always, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I mean, you hear this connected of dots. I mean, how do you draw any hope from that? Where do you? Well, what do you I do? think that the hope is when you dig down to the very bottom of this and you realize that the source of Western civilization's strength and hope and power has always been its regard for the individual 
And and because of that, of course, that had a whole lot of implications, the, the division of political power, the ability of people to rise up economically and, and that sort of thing. All of that power comes from the fact that we have had a moral regard for the individual, the equal standing of individuals. Yeah. And so the, the, the hope here is when we see some people turning away from this leftism on college campuses, the hope here is that the, the salvation or pre preservation of Western civilization all comes down to the one thing, and that is teach fundamental morality again. Yeah. Well, all of this that we're talking about here leads to the fight of good and evil. And when, Professor, mm -hmm. you lay out what you're laying out, uh, and, I, and my mind just went there like, boom, it was like you hit me over the head. But when you talked about all the groups, yeah, and, and uh, South America and throughout Africa and all of these uh, countries and continents, and you, you talk about the tunnels and the same thing they're doing at the border. And then you think about the evil and the nuclear. And then you think about chemical weapons and dirty bombs. And you, and you think about all the means to take a population down. And, you know, and then you look at, you know, a professor, then you see all of that. <laughs> and then you think Russia and China aren't really even the problem then, are they? <laughs> no, no, of course not. Of course not. And, and the reality is that there, there's a corruption and an infiltration of the Western in, institutions. Yeah. That that's, that's the core. So Patricia is right about the education and so on, and that's exactly what we have to do. But the reality is that the people running the show, the United Nations, these are all the same people. They know what they're doing, and they want a certain outcome. And for us to sit at home and be so naive to think that the outcome is going to be a peaceful one, it is not. Wow. It is not. They have been planning to dismantle the West with violence, and they're doing it every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, when you think of the West and you think of the population of the, the Christian Judeo uh, movement and, you know, the rest of them, I mean, it's it's huge. And in order to take that down, you have to use nefarious means. You have to do this sort of, uh, these sort of uh, cognitive games, I guess, Professor, you know? Um, right. I mean, that I mean, that's you chip away at it. They keep chipping and chipping away at it, basically, is what I'm, I'm driving at. And then one day you have a bigger problem. The end game on the campuses. Let me ask a professor about that. The end game. Uh, so now that we see leadership and like I said, I was I, about, you know, uh, I don't know, swallowed my soup, I guess, best way to say it. But when I started to see the leadership and the colleges get a, a, against the uh, student groups and what have you. I thought, ah, there we go, finally, because they hardly ever do that. They're usually in support of uh, all of this terrorism activities prior. And I thought, well, this one maybe hit a nerve with them. What is the end game? How far does this go, like right now with what's happened in the Middle East, with these student groups, which seems to be building around the college campuses, and they're not backing down. And the leadership is calling them out. In fact, by the way, Professor, there, let me point out to listeners as well, there is a big movement, and I love this, what I tell you next. There is a big movement of people calling out, and I certainly will support this on our network and do whatever I can, but for the business community and other um, major corporations to put these, uh, these um, well, these, whatever you want to call them, but these students who are sympathizers or supporting terrorism to not hire them. They're they're saying, do not hire these people. In other words, blackball them and put them on a list. And they're saying, get this out to major corporations, get this out to other people, let them know these people support murderers and terrorists. Are you seeing that as well? 
Of course, yes, of course, of course. But I, I think that will die down if the situation improves in the Middle East. That will die down, and they will hire them anyway. Uh, but 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 the situation in the Middle East, if it's not dying down anytime soon, you're going to hear this uh, um, virtual signaling. But it's it's the same people. They can't have they can't have a pie that's half you know apple and half peach. They have to have the people that they've created, and they they understand that in the short run. These, the, the, this is terror. This is guerrilla warfare. I mean, you have the Hamas, or for example, between fifteen to thirty thousand, and they 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 hide in caves and they make you go get them and all that. This is the same thing. the The amount of resources that the West has to use to to dismantle three groups and universities, which they're not going to do, is tremendous, as opposed to actually teaching math and science and philosophy and physics. Right. Right. Why do we have short memories, Professor? Well, we have short memories. We don't have short memories. We the the the, the why do we have selective memories then, huh? <laughs> well, right, right. The the people that have the cultural values, uh, as as Patricia is saying, the 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 Christians are suffering through this and saying what what is going on here. The rest of us are just going with what the press says, and what the press says is basically we're going to brainwash you. I mean, you have you have uh, this this week the. Late time saying that the the crimes out there are not substantiated. You have the you know New York Times saying humanitarian crisis in Gaza and and things like that, and Israel's pummeling Gaza. And so the average Joe, who is not political, is just a nice right. man and woman at home yeah. working, earning a living. Yeah, it's saying, well, I guess I have to. You know, we need more proof. You know, and they, the New York they, Times did the same thing with the Holocaust. Yeah, we should absolutely, know. absolutely, sure. You, you put your finger right on it right there. You put your finger right on right on the pulse of it. Uh, and the media is right in line with all of this, as they always are. And they're, uh, as I always say, the biggest culprits in all of this. But you're right. People are busy leading their lives. Uh, they don't have follow, time to follow all the nuances. But I started seeing the headlines, Patricia, and the sympathy for what Professor puts out there. And and I, I shake my head in such disbelief, but I know I always I, nothing shocks me anymore with these people. Uh, but I, I look at the headlines and all of that. And I'm, it's like, you've got to be kidding me. Did you see any of those videos and those pictures, people? How bad mm -hmm. is this? I mean, pretty simple. Well, and, and they were they were in a huge hurry to remove all the videos that Hamas itself put mm -hmm. uploaded with with their own uh, victims phones. They were in a big hurry to remove all that evidence of Hamas's evil. Yes, yeah, I don't think we should remove any of that. I'm sorry. I think that should all stay out in the light of day, as gross as so it too. is. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. It's like the Holocaust Museum over again, you know. So, yeah. I, I, and the fact that that um, the Holocaust was filmed, and, and I remember some of the statements made by the photographers and the journalists who went in to film Bergen Belson and some of the other camps said um, the world will deny this unless we prove that it happened. And so those the preservation of that film was was very offensive. We're going to delete it is is horrible because now Hamas is is being supported by people who who will deny then that that the atrocities even occurred. Yeah. And can I say something really quickly? This is another one that is very concerning. This is the AI. You brought up this point, uh, Malcolm, at yeah, the start. Yeah, yeah. The idea that AI, just like the Internet, and that's my next article I'm sending you, is in fact now going to allow for the crimes to happen because the AI will be considered not reliable. And in fact, the left is using AI to test how much truth and appearance people can handle. This is the next stage of this 
massive terror war on the world where you will see beheadings and they will say, no, that was created by some machine. That's not real. We're already seeing it. I mean, you're you're exactly right. I don't, I don't doubt it for a second. We're already seeing it. Um, and, you know, AI is uh, all of a sudden it's the biggest thing people are talking about. Now, it's funny or not how that just came out of nowhere. And like we weren't talking about this just a few years back in the way that they are now. And now everybody is all over it. And and even the I don't know, you're having the trouble in school, um, professor, that we're seeing. But the kids are all using it to write their stuff. In fact, there's now stuff. There's now apps and things where you put it in and it tells you it was written by AI or human that the teachers and professors are having to use to find out if you're cheating the system. Uh, Correct. Yes, yes, correct. Sure, sure. But remember, the last stage of we will, you know, when Lenin says we will give you the rope, you, the West, and you're going to hang yourself, is going to be, ironically, AI. AI is not anything necessarily for good. It is for terrorists and tyrants to to take control of human beings. And you're beginning to see that. And people are just taking their real long time to figure that out. There it is right there. And um uh, the statement of AI is um, is incredible. I mean, and it is it is going to be uh, the future problem uh, that we're that we're dealing with. Uh, and I can feel it. I can sense it coming here. Uh, we're out of time here. Patricia Antone, thank you so much for being part of this. And Professor Pedro Velas Gonzalez, what a great conversation. Uh, now, there's a lot to think about from all of this, friends. Um, and uh you know, there are times when I get done with a talk like this, and I think about all the fac- uh, factions of it. I think to myself, you know, Ma, I don't. I just want to stop the world from going around right now, please. I mean, it's a it's a scary world out there, isn't it? And it's getting scarier and scarier as we go. You know, we are living. I hear people sometimes say we're living in a very exciting time, or very, and, and it is interesting, very historical time. I, I phrase that to you all the time that way, but it is an awfully scary time. And that is a time where good people are going to have to stand taller to fight the evil that continues to beset us in ways that uh, we never realized it would be like this as kids growing up, that we'd be dealing with a world so out of control that we are now. So it surely is historical times. There's no doubt about that. But uh, I'd take a much simpler day back at the, uh, what is it, apple pie baseball and Chevrolet, as they used to say in the simpler days, playing baseball on the sandlots. What happened to those days, Ma, Dad, you know? They're long gone, friends. We're in an eat or be eaten world now. and uh, But it is the fight. And, you know, I just want to remind you on the platform, uh, you know, from day one when we launched America Out Loud, uh, now AmericaOutloud.news, uh, right there at the top. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. It was day one, the mission. It's still there today, friends. And we're going to continue to do exactly that and carry that mission forward. That's the, that's the good fight. Thank you for joining me here on The Mission. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.